0: This week in tech, now's your chance to get caught up on all that's happening in the technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now, here's Gene Destro.
1: This week, the massive Marriott data breach, a phone scam that cost grandparents $41 million last year, a huge military contract for Microsoft, and robots that both help the disabled and allow them to help you. All this and more coming up. There's another gigantic data breach recently, one of the biggest ever in fact, Gary Nunn has the
0: details. Marriott's Starwood chain says the personal information of up to 500 million people worldwide may have been compromised over the past four years. CBS law enforcement and security analyst Paul Violas.
2: The biggest issue here will clearly be the fact that passport information has been compromised.
0: And make sure he says a duplicate has not been issued in that name. Bottom line, according to Ted Rossman of creditcard.com.
3: We really need to protect ourselves and, and take necessary
0: steps to protect our identities. Advice from Rossman, take the proactive step of freezing your credit if you suspect a problem.
1: So we talked to Dr. John Nicholas, who teaches classes in cybersecurity at the University of Akron, and asked what he thinks it's going to take to get corporations to better protect customer data.
4: I think we're at the point now where uh, some sort of government regulation is necessary. Also, the private sector and the public sectors need to inform how that policy is developed and implemented.
1: And he says this hack can serve as a reminder for other companies.
4: This amazingly enough, had been going on since 2014, but Marriott didn't discover it until November 18th of this year. And then through forensics evidence, they were able to figure out what happened and go backwards. So uh, I would suggest that any company out there start going back and looking back as far as they can, because there may be something going on that you've been missing.
1: But two major tech companies are speaking out in favor of government regulation. Jeff Colvin tells us why.
0: IBM's chief, Jenny Rometty, recently criticized what she called the irresponsible handling of personal data by a few dominant consumer-facing platform companies as the cause of a trust crisis between users and tech companies. Who was she talking about? Clearly, Google and Facebook. Her comments echoed recent statements by Apple CEO Tim Cook, who in October slammed Silicon Valley competitors over their use of data, equating their services to surveillance. Both Rametti and Cook made their remarks in Brussels, where officials of the European Union have sharply criticized Google and Facebook. What's going on is that IBM and Apple, unlike Google and Facebook, have not based their business models on amassing huge volumes of consumer data that can be used to sell advertising. Rometty and Cook are apparently worried that a reaction in Europe and Washington against tech companies could hurt them, and they want to make clear that their businesses are different. Rometty explicitly urged regulators to use a scalpel, not a sledgehammer, to avoid hurting what she pointedly called the more responsible parts of the digital economy. The bigger picture is that more regulation of tech companies is almost certainly coming, and with that in mind, each company's trying hard to protect itself. Inside Business, I'm Jeff Colvin for CBS News.
1: The government has released new information about a scam that targets older people, tricking them into mailing cash to people who are pretending to be their grandchildren. The Federal Trade Commission says that Americans lost up to $41 million because of the scam this year. Anna Werner spoke to a retired cybersecurity programmer who almost fell for it.
0: I hear, uh, don't, be af- don't be afraid, but I'm the public defender from Austin, Texas. Uh, they have uh, put your grandson in jail after a wreck, and he has a DUI offense.
1: The man so said I Stratton could have- bail out his grandson if he sent $8,500 cash via FedEx, something that might sound ridiculous, except that Stratton had actually done just that for a family member once in the past not only that but the attorney briefly put his grandson who sounded injured on the phone there's some new biometric security technology being tested at atlanta's hartsfield airport cbs news correspondent chris van cleve has more
2: terminal f will be the nation's first fully biometric airport experience allowing passengers to just use their face at a kiosk to check bags at the counter Go through security.
1: Sir, I'll get you right here.
2: And even board flights. The system takes a picture and compares it against a digital copy of a traveler's passport photo, stored in a secure customs and border protection database of people flying that day.
1: Microsoft just got a huge contract with the U.S. military
4: augmented reality coming to the battlefield i'm brian cooley from cnet in search of the next big thing augmented reality tech is any screen or pair of electronic glasses that can overlay digital info and graphics in your view of the world in real time aside from pokemon go it remains pretty niche but that's not what the u.s army thinks It just took out a $480 million contract with Microsoft to start developing applications on that company's HoloLens, an augmented reality display you wear on your face. This could lead to a 100,000 of these being deployed to troops who would likely use them to see the battlefield in an enhanced way. Various sensors, as well as data feeds from a central command and overhead drones, could all feed what they know to the troops' head display, bringing to life situations on the ground, hidden threats, or contextual information the eye can't perceive. Know what's next at CNET.
1: here's something new, a way for you to filter out the air pollution you breathe in every day.
2: Concerned about how air pollution is affecting your health? Well, maybe the answer is filtering out the pollutants you breathe. Now that's as easy as sticking a filter up your nose. It's called the O2 nose filter. Thirteen bucks gets you a pack of ten, and its developers say it blocks 90% of pollution particles, as well as allergens and bacteria. Each filter is good for up to 12 hours, and then you simply throw them away. They use electrostatic technology to trap particles from the air. If the thought of walking around with two filter cylinders sticking out of your nostrils doesn't appeal to you, the O2 filters are designed to be nearly invisible and less obtrusive than wearing a filter face mask. The Energy Policy Institute at the University of Chicago says pollution costs about 1.8 years in lifespan for the average American and those living in larger cities are affected the most. And that's for your information. I'm Jim Chenevy, CBS News.
1: A tech company called Design in Dayton, Ohio has come up with a way to help severely disabled people feed themselves even if they can't use their hands. Inventor John Dekar tells us about Obi, the revolutionary dining robot.
3: My first week in engineering school at UD, I witnessed firsthand a six year old girl who was struggling to eat, who would have to stick her face in a plate of food to eat kind of like a a dog would, and it just was really heartbreaking to watch. And at that moment, I became convinced that there was an unmet need out there.
1: What does it look like and how does it work?
3: It has a teardrop-shaped form and a robotic arm that looks a little bit like the Pixar lamp. It automates the job of selecting which food someone would like to eat from, and then it also allows someone to command when they want food delivered up to their mouth. So all someone has to do is press one button for a moment to select between four compartments of food, and then they have to press another button to command the robot to capture the food from the chosen bowl and deliver it up to their mouth.
1: So if a person doesn't have the ability to use their arms in order to feed themselves, how do they select a button to tell the robot to do that?
3: it can accommodate dozens of different, what in the industry are called accessibility switches. So wherever someone may have mobility on their body, there's a switch that's already on the market and it's standardized with a headphone jack type connection. And so whatever switch someone desires or is already using with other assistive equipment they own, that can just be plugged right into the front of OB. And again, all they have to do is hit one button to select the food they want and another button to command the food be brought up to their mouth. And so the whole idea behind making it that simple and intuitive is that people want to sit and enjoy their food and enjoy the company of others while they're at a dinner table or with a group of friends or family that they don't want to have to think about how to operate some complex machine.
1: Meanwhile, in Tokyo, there's a new cafe that features robot waiters operated by disabled people who live miles away. Lucy Craft reports that the experimental restaurant is meant to suggest new ways for easing the isolation and loneliness for patients who have ALS and other severe physical impairments. Standing four feet tall, the robot rolls slowly to customers offering coffee, snacks, and conversation. The humanoid's movements are not pre-programmed, but are remote controlled by a severely disabled person sitting at home with a laptop communicating with customers through the robot's speaker. Remote controlled robots are aimed at making it easier for the severely disabled to play a larger role in society. Lucy Kraft, CBS News, Tokyo. And that's it for now. See you next week.
0: That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news and find more online at wakr.net.